Hey everybody, welcome to Eiffel Hooten Ski Bone Podcast, episode number 90. It is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? 90 is a good accomplishment. That's a, that's a lot of podcasts. We're getting there. We have an A- now. Ooh, that's right. We're getting there. We're working up to an A+. That's true. Nice. So thank you very much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Check us out, skibonepodcast.com. Send us an email, skibonepodcast at gmail.com. Check us out on all of our social media links, facebook.com slash skibonepodcast, twitter.com slash skibonepodcast, instagram.com slash skibonepodcast. On Pinterest, we are the Highfalutins. And on SoundCloud, we are highfalutin underscore ski bum. So check us out, friend us, love us, and all those. And on your favorite podcasting app, please subscribe and rate us five stars if you could. We greatly appreciate it. And we're on Pinterest. I put the Pinterest uh, feeds up there today. Got right? a lot of stuff up there from the old Pinterest. Yeah, the old, the good old Pinterest. Yeah. But as we start this uh, podcast, like we always do, it's time. Mm-mm-mm. For a little I pray today. Yes, sir. So what are you partaking in today, sir? So I pray today is kind of going along with the theme for the um, the podcast. We'll get into that later. But right now I'm uh, drinking some rosé wine from a can. Classy. Classy. So this is high-quality rosé wine uh, called The Drop. Uh, they make other wines in a can. So what the whole concept is... When you go somewhere, why you know, especially if you go in the outdoors or to the beach or on a boat or on your yacht, you don't want to have to fumble around for a uh, you know a corkscrew and a glass and worry about the glass breaking. Why not have some wine in a can? Just saying. So it's actually pretty good. Uh, we tried it, we sampled it, um, and I'm drinking it right now. Um, comes in about these cans are like, like they're kind of mini cans, and I think it's uh, one quarter of a bottle of wine in each can. Very nice. So very stealth too. Very. It's like a Red Bull can. It is. It's actually good. You know, I thought about that. I was like, when you come home, sometimes you just want to have like a glass of wine, but you don't want to open a whole bottle. That's perfect. That is pretty. Yeah, it is a good size if you just yeah want to have one with dinner or something. Because I've seen like the single serve, like they have all these different Mm -hmm. packaging ideas. Uh, This is like a really simple, easy packaging idea for. Not that we condone it, but that's definitely one you could keep in the car with you too. If you want to have a little bit of something, something on the way home. Roadie. Totally. It's a perfect roadie size. Officer to Red Bull. Yeah. You, you, you can't tell. Are they really going to know? Come on. Nah, they ain't going to know. Uh, you can probably mix that with vodka, like a, a rosé and vodka. Oh, boy. Now it's getting a little, <laughs> now you're talking, a little rough. That's getting rough. It's like Russian sangria, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Vodka's right. Throw a potato and a beet in there, perhaps. <laughs> Tequila, Mexican sangria. Right. <laughs> th- whatever you want. Whatever you want to throw in there, yeah. Puerto Rican sangria, throw some rum. German sangria, some Jägermeister. Boom. See? <laughs> Ooh, that would be... That would be one of the grossest things ever. Have you seen... Like, so the NHL playoffs are going right on right now, and they have these Jägermeister commercials. Have you seen them? No. It's like a dance club, and they're like chipping the Jägermeister out of the ice, and there's this like, you know, attractive, like, blonde German woman, and she like sips on it, and she goes, of course it's cold. It's German. <laughs> <laughs> It's, nice. It's such a weird line to use, but apparently... As a person with German heritage, you love that. <laughs> it's like cold It's not German. that I love it so much, <laughs> as much as I acknowledge and agree with it. It's kind of funny. Yeah, I like it. It's pretty funny. Playing on the stereotype. Nailed it. Nice. All right, what do you got? So, again, continue with our future theme for this podcast. I am also partaking in a lovely rosé wine. 
Uh, but I am having the Macari Rosé 2016. Mm. It is a Merlot Cab Franc blend with delicate aromas and flavors of raspberries, strawberries, and watermelon. Mm. It is a perfect, vibrant wine for spring slash summer 2017. 100% nice. estate fruit from the Macari family farm in Mattatuck, which is on Long Island. And it's a very, you know what, it's light. It's got well, a little bit of body. So in the North Fork, yeah, yeah. North Fork. Shout out North Fork. North Side. North Side. You know, so compared to that drop, the one that you're drinking, this one's a little bit more robust. Yes. A little more flavorful. But yeah, it's still also very light. But yeah, a very tasty wine. It's going to be a nice uh, nice summer beach wine if you want to just you know throw that into a uh, your coffee thermos and cannonball it while you're there. So yeah, it's a I good way to pass out and get some sunburn. Summer now, like rosé wines have become the big rage like now in the summer and the heat. And they started coming out big, I think, probably like two years ago. They started like gaining a lot of steam. And now they're like, you know, the in vogue kind of like everybody's drinking rosé wine. Yeah. But you know what it was? Like rosé got a bad rap because you had a lot of cheap rosé wines out there that were very sweet. White Zinfandels, yeah. And like white, like all those like wines that came out, like people were just like, oh, they're just very, you know, like too sweet. You, if you have a real rosé from, like, France, they're dry as, as anything. They're great, crisp, refreshing. Um, these are along that – these are kind of like, a, I guess, a mix. They're a little bit fruity, but um, they're, they're still pretty dry. They're, they're good. It's nice, yeah. Refreshing. Definitely refreshing. If I'm having wine, I usually go with red wine. And I like a big, you know, like Cabernets. and nice bold, like, bold. flavors. and Yeah, nice dry, you know, red wines. But this is definitely a nice wine to drink this time of year. It's light. It's like it's kind of refreshing, which is nice because a lot of food. times, yeah, it can have with food, especially light food, like Bar- or barbecue too. Barbecue, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is good. Uh, definitely hanging out, chilling, eating some barbecue. Yep. Um, cool. So next up, uh, while we're doing Apre, we have uh, a big event that uh, Brian found. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is pretty cool. This is pretty cool. I'm gonna actually see if we can get tickets for it. Uh, it's called the Whiskey X, and it's a concert and tasting. So it's a tasting of 60 whiskeys and a live concert featuring Dan Auerbach. Um, of the Black Keys. Of the Black Keys. So low price. It's only like 50 bucks. And then general mission, uh, 75 for VIP. So, and they include like a $25 Uber voucher for the first 500 to arrive, $10 food voucher for every VIP ticket. So it's really a good deal. It's on a Thursday. Uh, I guess that's probably why it's... You know, maybe they're they're promoting it, but I don't know. That seems really cheap. It looks freaking awesome. Uh, I'm gonna really try to go and do it. I mean, you, you get the concert, you get the whiskey tasting. There's food trucks there. Yeah, there's food trucks, and if you're you know you, you sign up soon enough, you get the food voucher. You get an Uber voucher. There's a whole, there's a lot of stuff that you get here. I don't know if you. I guess they have are other... all the whiskeys included, or do you have to pay for that? So they have. Uh, they, they advertise other attractions, and they say, a free haircut and cocktail from the blind barber. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a lot of hair, so you might as well shave me down. That's fine. Not bad. But yeah, it seems very, very reasonable. I don't know how they can get away with this. Whiskey tasting with 60 premium brands. I don't know if you only get to have like one or two of them, or if it's... That's, I don't know. That's definitely... There's, you know, the $25 like Uber voucher... Indicates to me you can have as many as you want. <laughs> it seems like there's got to be some sort of fine print or something in here. I don't know. Because this seems almost way too good to be true. Yeah, it looks pretty good. 
Looks oh. great, yeah. Definitely, it's on my list. I think it's the 8th. Yes, June 8th from 6 to 10 p.m. Yeah, so. That seems like a fantastic deal. After work, happy hour uh, whiskey tasting. Why not? Not a bad way to go. This last Thursday, I went to a wine tasting. It's pretty good. Look at that. Why not? Yep. What else are you going to do on a Thursday? <laughs> it's true. So the next thing we have, we have a Kickstarter that is for a product called Alchemix, which is a rapid liquor infuser and carbonator. I found this last week, and this still has 22 days to go, and they're looking for a target of $30,000, and they're right now at eleven six. So they're, they're getting there. They're more than a third of the way there, and they have you know plenty of time left. And what this is, it's a, uh, a canister device. It looks almost like a, one of those ninja blenders, and it comes with these, these uh, infusion cartridges with CO2. And you can inject flavors or, or, you know, flavors and carbonation into, you know, whatever beverage you have. I mean, you can do it into water, you know, water, sparkling water, or whiskeys or vodkas or gins. So you can come up with some pretty cool flavor combinations, which is neat. And they talk about create custom infused cocktails in minutes. And there's a little demo. So... They release gas into the chamber. Under the pressure, the nitrous oxide molecules dissolve into the liquid and the ingredients. The alchemist then takes the molecules and dissolves them into the ingredients. When pressure is released, gas precipitates out of the liquid in the form of bubbles, and the rapid expansion of gas causes surface damage to the ingredients on a molecular level, thus imparting the flavor into the liquid. And we just became sponsors. This is <laughs> while you're a, talking. I just be sponsored. Did you really? Yeah. Nice. So I want to get an Alchemix. This is a pretty cool product. So you can do a lot of different stuff with this. It looks like I just posted it to our Facebook shit. Uh, oh, did you? Feed. Yeah. <laughs> so it's there. Yeah. I mean, the one thing is you need to get those cartridges. I guess that's where you're. That's where you're getting all that flavor from. Yeah, I have one of those old fashioned like with the um, you know the the CO two cartridge or whatever it is like yeah the. So I imagine it's probably something like that. I mean, they're they're pretty easy to find. Mm-hmm. Um, now, is that where the because f- that's where the flavor is though the infusion cartridges because there's two different ones. There's the CO two cartridge, right? And then there's the flavor cartridge. flavor infusion cartridge, which you mm-hmm. got to get. Yeah, that's fine. It's like a soda stream. But can you make your own? Like if you want drinks. But if you wanted like a weed cartridge, because you want like weed infused whiskey, that's a whole separate. That's another Kickstarter. Yeah. That's one that we can start. So, you know how they have... Remember, like, back in the day, you get your cart... High Flute and Skiba branded Do you one. remember when, like, back in the day, they had the printer cartridge refills? Like, you get the syringe, yeah. you make your own. So, we could have, like, the printer refill cartridge version of this. I remember when I first started dating my ex-wife, she found the printer cartridge, like, syringes. She's mm-hmm. like, what the fuck is going on? Are you on drugs? I'm uh, like, no, I'm not injecting, like, red and <laughs> blue dye into me. I can't stop printing, man. I got these needles, man. I can't stop printing. It was the weirdest shit. You're like, like, what are you doing? Whoa, whoa, what's going on here? Uh, that's funny. All right, so we're backing it. Nice. So if it goes through, it's fine. If not, oh, we're, we're, we're contributing. Look at us. It's a good idea. So shout out to the good folks at Alchemix. I got to get back through uh, Kickstarter. I, got, I tell you, I, I love Kickstarter, but I haven't been on there for a while. There's some good stuff on there. It's kind of like... Um, 
Like Sunday <laughs> afternoon, I'll sit there and I'll start watching QVC and I'll just start buying shit. Oh boy! Like that's why I don't go on Kickstarter because yeah. I'm like, that's a great idea. Boom, back it. Yeah, so. it's also like the wacky stuff. Like we were looking at a couple weeks ago, that stupid uh, the coffee, the iPhone case that had the espresso <laughs> in it. That was awesome. Dude. Yeah, but it was fake. So. Yeah, I know. But you got to put. Did you post that? Because I didn't post that. Oh, no. that was awesome. They did a nice commercial and, all, and it it obviously looked fake, but it was such yeah. a good commercial. It was like. Oh, it was pretty cool. Oh, Miss Goosey. Miss Goosey. It was pretty funny. All right. Now, uh, another thing that popped up this week was they, there's a list of the worst rated beers in America. So this came out last year, 2016. But I tell you, it still holds true. And <laughs> Not sure if there's a lot of movement on that list right now. Yeah, well, like Brian and I were talking about this before we even podcasted. And I'm like, we're reminiscing. I'm like, you know, we're... I remember some of these beers, like shotgun in some of these beers, like just barely getting beers. You're like, I'll drink some of these just because I can get them. You know? So of this list, like before we start talking about them, how many of these have you had? Um, Out of, what do we have, 20? 20, yeah. I've probably had about 18 or 19, about 18. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's impressive. Um, There's... I've- two that i think i haven't had i think i may have had five wow really yeah actually I no never, three i, I didn't go for the the other chalada we which had one, one did we have i think it might have been the light it was fucking disgusting oh. <laughs> if anybody okay so just to go down the list real quick even before we get to the list yeah one of the most disgusting beers <laughs> I've, it's not even a beer like one of the most disgusting things i've had that's that's marketed as like a kind of beer product was the Bud Chilada. Um Now, I don't know if we got the Bud Light Chilada, but the Bud Chilada and the Bud Light Chilada are both on this list. I don't understand why they're, they're both... Apparently, the Bud Light is way worse <laughs> but on this list. I don't understand why they're so far apart. Like, they're really horrible. They should be both, like, one and two. Oh, <laughs> God. It's just... the. I mean, Bud Light sucks. So let's preface it by, like, Brian and I, we've tried. <laughs> like, both of us, like... His wife, my ex-wife, they were very much into into Bloody Marys. So we're like, you know, let's try Bloody Marys. You know, they really like them. Let's go. We did. Went to a tasting. Went to a freaking fancy ass tasting. And we're, two hours of drinking shit that we like. It was I'm like, horrible. this is awful. But we tried them. It's like trying to force us to. Oh, it was horrible. So the Bud Chilada is like, it's a Bloody Mary in a can made with beer. Which I guess, if you like Bloody Marys, maybe it's kind of like a lighter Bloody Mary. But now, isn't I don't it know. no? When you make a Bloody Mary, it's pretty much tomato juice, vodka. Well, sometimes they will make spice. it with clamato. So that's that's no clamato is clam juice, right? <laughs> clam juice and tomato juice together. That's what the bachelada is. Exactly. Clamato. So it's it's Bud Light with clam juice and tomato juice. God Those damn. are three things that are all horrible, and they're just mixing them together. Why did anyone <laughs> think that was a good idea? I don't know. I mean, I guess if you like Bloody Marys. Usually they didn't put the clam juice in it unless you want like a seafood style one. And then they, they put that in there. They put the... This was inspired <laughs> by the time I was thrown off a boat because people think I'm an asshole. And I got this flavor of seafood in my mouth. So the tasting that we went to, yeah. the guy that was running it prefaced everything by like, he, he'd do like the namaste, you know, like yeah. and bow. And like, this was inspired by me sitting on a beach and thinking about a Bloody Mary with seafood in it. Yeah. And we're like drinking it. And I'm like... Great. I taste shrimp and fucking Bloody Mary stuff that I don't like. It was it was horrible. They all tasted the same and they were all gross. If I was high as fuck, I might have liked it. Yeah. But there's no way like 
I don't know. There's no way I was getting into that. Yeah, I mean, they had to make your own, uh, make your own Bloody Mary bar too, didn't they? With all the yeah, without tomato all the juice, fixings. Or without, it's just yeah. all the fixings and nothing else. It's like, can I just have vodka? Vodka with all this with stuff? some celery and <laughs> bacon. That Perfect. sounds delicious. Exactly. If they did it with carrot juice, I'm thinking like we maybe I should do a Bloody Mary instead with carrot juice instead of the like the a tomato bloody juice. daisy, bloody bloody rabbit, bloody ginger, bloody rabbit, bloody rabbit, <laughs> bloody bugs, bloody bugs, <laughs> bloody bunny. Bloody bunny. And chuck that in there, and that might work. Yeah. You know, but I just, the tomato, I love tomatoes. I love tomato sauce. I, I love everything except stewed tomatoes and tomato juice for some mm. reason. I don't know why. I'm with you. Um, I really am. Yeah, so anyway, if you want beer with the Bloody Mary, um, a beer Bloody Mary, that's, that's that in a can. So I don't know why you have to have that readily available in a can, but go right ahead. It's all... It's all good. Why has an alchemist come up with like a heady <laughs> topper version? Like the heady heady clamato. Alchemist. Alchemist chilada. Clamato topper. <laughs> Wouldn't that be delicious? Chilada topper. Chilada topper. They could do that. Chilopper. Who can stop them. It's a chilopper. Yeah. If anyone can make it work, it would be them. But uh, I'm I'm highly doubting we're gonna see that on the on the menu anytime soon. I gotta say, so some of the beers on here I will still drink. Like when I want to drink something other <laughs> than I don't want to drink beer anymore, but I don't want to drink water. So I'll drink like I'll drink Bud Light, I'll drink a Miller Genuine. Um, Should we go in order to like just? You know what's odd? Like Coors Light's not on there. See how like, smooth it's like the other water. Yeah, I mean I'll drink it, but but it's I, not rated one of the worst beers because it actually just tastes like water. Water. <laughs> yeah. Uh, natural Light. Yeah, so kind of so watery. number so when I go up the list from twenty to one. Yeah, go ahead. All right, number 20, Ice House Light. I don't think I've ever had that. I don't think I have either, yeah. Number 19, Budweiser Chilada. Boom. There we go. Oof, I don't terrible. know why it's that far down. Yeah. <laughs> Labatt Sterling, number 18. I guess that's like uh That's, I probably never had it, but any Labatt's. Is that like a malt version of like a Labatt, maybe? Have you ever had Labatt's? Uh, maybe once or twice. It tastes like you're drinking like an old shoe, like. A that Canadian was soaked, shoe. Soaked in some cheap beer. It's pretty bad. You get a taste for it. Like when I lived up in Buffalo, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll have a Labatt, you know, but yeah. it definitely has a different taste to it. That It's not something you want to drink if there's other options available. Your mouth has to be cut across, like in South Park. <laughs> yeah. To really appreciate it. All right. Uh, number 17. This is one of your favorites. OE. OE 800. Fuck yeah. Now, that's the only malt liquor that seems to be on this list. So, why is it? Shouldn't that not be. Shouldn't it be excluded? It's not a beer. It's a malt liquor. I don't know. I'm, I'm reading this. No, I'm not. St. Ives. Uh, no, Thunderbird. King, King Cobra. It's not on here. Well, Thunderbird's not a... That's. But OE's a malt liquor, too, isn't it? Is Thunderbird a malt liquor, or is that a, a wine? Yeah, but isn't OE a Mad malt Dog, liquor? MD2020, I think, is a, technically a wine. I think Thunderbird's technically a wine. Nitrine. Nitrine. Wine. I don't know how I know these. Just saying. Yeah, Mad Dog's a wine. Yeah. It's a fortified wine. Fortified. That's it. Fortified. 20% alcohol. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Mad Dog 2020. You get 2020 yeah. vision. I guess. <laughs> uh, next up, number 16, Beer 30 Light. Actually, I have no idea what that is. I don't know what that is either. 15, Bush Light. <laughs> I think I've had it, yes. Number 14, Bush Ice. The every Everything came out in an ice for a while, remember? Mm. 13, Bud Light. Boom. Yeah. Stable. Every place has it, though. 
Number 12, Keystone Premium. Oof. You're going, <laughs> going for the highlights right there. Yep. Uh, number 11, Keystone Light. There you go. Number 10, Bud Light Chalada. Now we're getting the top nine, Miller Genuine Draft Light 64. Oof. That's a lot of... I don't know if I've had that one, actually. I think I've had the just the MGD, Yeah. which is all right. I don't care. Number eight, Milwaukee's Best Light. I've had too the much beast. of that. The Beast. Yeah. I think everyone's had that at one t- one point in their life. God, you have to. It's, like, mm. it's a rite of passage. Pretty much. Number seven, Budweiser Select 55. I actually tried it. I was like, yeah, there's no taste. It Bunny P sounds... <laughs> yeah, the description <laughs> is conceived to be the lightest beer in the world and compared by reviewers to Bunny P. <laughs> I could see that. Yep. Number six, Camo Genuine Ale. I, I have no that's idea. About, but it's 8.6%. Get you so, drunk. Pretty much. Number five, Michelob Ultra. I've had that a bunch of times. Worst ad campaigns ever. They're so <laughs> stupid. Number four. You exercise and then you drink the Mick Ultra. <laughs> yeah, right. Number four, Milwaukee's Best Premium. The Beast the Premium. Beast. Boom. Yeah. I think we got a keg of that one time in college. Mm, of course you did. <laughs> Everybody did. Right. Number three, Sleeman Clear. I have no idea what that even could be. I'm actually glad I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah, right. Number two, Natty Ice, <laughs> and as stated in Urban Dictionary, quote, what a skunk would taste like if it were liquid. Oh, god damn. <laughs> and number one, Natty Light. I got to say, naturals should feel like honored. They made one and two, like together. Hey, gold and silver. They're the only one. Pretty impressive. Keystones were, were grouped at the 11 and 12, which I'm, I'm surprised. And Bushes, 14, 15. So we had a little clustering there. It was good. Yeah. Nice to see. And I got I gotta say, like half of these are InBev and the other half is Miller Coors. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Now that they've uh, all bought each other out. Yeah, Ice House is owned by somebody. They were trying to build that as like a hockey skating booth. It was like the PBR of of uh ice hockey. Well hockey, I mean they, they always have like the Labatt, you know, and yeah. Molson, like all the Canadian beers they always, you know, try to tie to. Moosehead was always a big one. The moose is loose. They always had like them. If the we had money in college, we get moose head. That was like, whoa, it was big. That's if you're going baller, huh? That's right. Well, I yeah. went to the school. Well, at the time, I was going to school in Buffalo. Yeah. Around the border, you're like, ooh, getting the moose. Different times. And you know, just for the fact that you're drinking moose head, it would be a, a magical night. Yep. Better than the Mad Dog 2020 nights, let's just say. <laughs> Different. Those mornings are always rough the next, one, the next day. We would start out with Mad Dog. That, those were rough-ass times, man. Times before uh, before Locos. Yeah. A simpler time. Simpler time. <laughs> that was the Four Loco before Four Loco. Yep. That would have been like... A heart. Four Loco was like drinking Mad Dog with like a um, a Red Bull. With pop-off. You know? Boom. <laughs> Just throw that in there. Pop-off vodka. Yep. Anything in a no-break bottle. Actually, I did see... Um, Old English, and I think, what was the uh, what other one I saw in um, Utah? Utah. Well, I think it was St. Ides. Was it? In the no-break 40-ounce bottle. <laughs> Just kudos for you going for the... Uh, when you pass out and fall down, you're not going to get uh, shards of glass inside you. That's right, and you might still have some left when you wake up. Yep. Nice. It's a very good idea. They're taking care of you. They should market it, but... They're owned by Pabst. Did you know that? PBR. I'm surprised PBR is not on there. Right. I know some people would be offended in the ski and snowboard world, us being skiers. I cannot drink Pabst. PBR is awful. Yeah. 
Can't do it. Yep. I would rather drink probably half of that beer list before PBR. Yeah, me too. Just saying. Yep. Lame. <laughs> All right. So while we're uh, off of the Opre, it's time to take a ride in the gondola. Oh, yeah. Gondola's going up. We're in there. We're all snuggled up. <laughs> as hot as it may be getting around here, we're still staying nice and cold on the outside and warm and creamy in the gondola. And we're going to start off inside the gondola with our bean of the week, which is... Breaking beans! The reason why we're staying warm in the gondola is because we're in there with Dirty Girl. Oh, yeah. She's yes. Dirty Girl. Dirty Girl is a sativa dominant cross of a train wreck hybrid known as Arcata Lemon Wreck and Cinderella 99. The combination produces a tropical aroma of pineapples and citrus fruit with a sharp, pungent note reminiscent of pine sol. The flavor of Dirty Girl is like sweet lemon candy, and the effects it produces are happy and creative. Dirty Girl will elevate your mood and help avoid the complications of depression, anxiety, and migraine headaches. Whew. Sounds all awesome. Sounds pretty good, right? Now, let's we, hear some reviews. Now, there is <laughs> one reviewer. If you're, if you're a... Uh, if he's listening or she's listening, whoever it is. If you're on Leafly.com, you can, there people can go in and you know, review the different strains. And we have found our new favorite reviewer. We're giving a shout-out here to StukaFox, S-T-U-K-A, F-O-X. I read about five of his reviews, and I was, he or she, and I was laughing, dying laughing. LOL. And I'm going to give you Stuka Fox's review of Dirty Girl. It's hilarious. The true freaks are never the ones you suspect. The blonde with a nip-slip top or the brunette trying to pull off the 80s retro look, but who ends up looking like the lead singer of Rat coming off a nine-day heroin jag instead. No. It's the plain Jane girl at the back of the club, sipping a mojito and wearing glasses that were never in style. The same one who invites you back to her place, and two hours later, you're handcuffed to the headboard with a bunch of daisies sticking out of your ass. <laughs> you have no clue what the hell happened, but you can't wait for it to happen again. Say hello to Dirty Girl. She's not sporting the biggest nugs, and she smells like an elderly lime fucking last year's Christmas tree, but she's a complete and total freak you think you're the one on top take a couple of hits yeah who's the bitch now that's right you are and damn it feels good dirty girl wants you to relax and just let it flow while she takes over and she's cheap too i found her for eight bucks a gram she's not the kind of girl you bring home to your mother but if you've got a saturday night and some low lights give her a try just be ready in case she brings flowers i mean it's beautiful it's artistic, it's hilarious, and it makes me want to go get some Dirty Girl. Oh, yeah. Right? Dirty Girl's the way to go. I like it. Sounds all good to me. Uh, yeah, those Stuka Fox. <laughs> Stuka Fox. <laughs> Shout read, out. We read a bunch of them today, and I was like, holy crap, they're funny as hell. Uh. Um, then, you know, since we didn't do a podcast uh, last week, we kind of abbreviated did a early podcast this week which uh we kind of usually do in the summer we do like every week and a half or so um but frank also he uh hooked us up with a, another tip on a vaporizer the da vinci vaporizer now according to him this is the biggity bomb um just uh looking at the 
the website. They call it the IQ Vaporizer, the DaVinci, uh, DaVinciVaporizer.com. Uh, it's about 274 bucks, and it comes with the whole kit, uh, but it has pretty cool technology. It has, like, a nice display, really good battery that's replaceable, um, and you can actually control the heat on it, which is very important, um, anywhere from 250 degrees to 430 degrees. So that's important, you know, depending on what you have and, and how you're smoking it. Um, they have a boost and standby mode. Um, nice little mouthpiece, little app integration, which um, Frank told us. He's like, he's, he doesn't feel comfortable. He's heard <laughs> some bad stuff about it. So um, I also think maybe Big Brother's watching. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, that seem uh, Use the GPS in the app to... Find out where you're smoking and <laughs> or comes to arrest you and take all your some asset forfeiture. It sounds pretty cool though because the app is supposed to um, you're supposed to put in what you smoke and how you smoke it and everything. It's supposed to like optimize how you smoke stuff later on. Oh really? So I'm like, I guess it Did could you get be it? good. No, no. Okay. I guess it could be good, but um, I guess it's just kind of you got to play around with it. Uh, you know, Frank heard a little uh, weird things about it, so maybe it's just, I guess it hooks up and it syncs up, which is pretty wild. To the vaporizer? To the vaporizer. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah, so according to Frank, you can dial it up from, he, he gives it a 96, he gives it 9.6 beans out of 10. Whoa, that's a lot of beans. Just saying. He says his only negative is that it runs a little warm. Mm. So, I don't know, he just, maybe I think he just got it, so maybe um, he's got to play with it a little bit more, but... You know, heard bad shit about the app, bad reviews on Android Play, so maybe he's just staying away from it. But I can understand that. There's too many there's too many apps that are just bullshit, so Yeah. Uh but yeah, no, it looks pretty cool. Um load uh is enough to keep you high all day on a single battery charge. So it has a flavor changer chamber that stores extra flour. So you can actually have what you're smoking plus what you're gonna smoke later all stored. Ooh, very nice. Uh, like a reserve chamber. Reserve. Nice. Oh, we got to go to the reserve. Boom. Switch it's over. Like going the to the bullpen. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> We're going, going to the bullpen. We're going to the right hander. It's Bring dirty the girl. Sandman. Bring in the dirty girl. Yep. Boom. <laughs> um, yeah, so you can enjoy the combustion chamber and then you have uh, dump the unused and then uh, put whatever in the flavor chamber for round two. That's awesome. Boom. Beautiful. Almost like a, a six chamber gun. You know, like let's go to the other chamber. Yeah. Boom. I like it. Thanks, Frank, for the uh, the heads up. We're gonna try to get a. We're gonna try to hang out with Frank this week. Thank you. Yeah, it should be uh, it should be interesting if we get to finally meet up. Yeah. And since we are in the Garden State right now, there was a bill that was presented last week to legalize marijuana in New Jersey. New Jersey is kind of in a uh, interesting spot right now because we have a governor who is very anti-cannabis and very pro Krispy Kreme <laughs> and hot dogs. They call them Krispy Kremes now. And <laughs> waffle fries, but is very anti-cannabis. And very much with gravy on everything. But he also has a less than 18% approval rating and will be gone in November. Well, I guess January, technically. So uh, most of the forward-thinking politicians are starting to figure out well, what are we going to do once he's gone? And things are finally going to get done in multiple areas of the state. But Senator Nicholas Scutari out of Union County 
uh, has formally announced a Democratic-sponsored measure uh, to the state house in Trenton that will legalize marijuana in New Jersey. Boom. So, you know, he talked about how, you know, the whole country is moving towards legalization and, you know, New Jersey is is ready to get on board with this. So it's been presented. Uh, they're going to start pushing it through the House and the Senate in New Jersey, which has a pretty good chance of passing because they've been doing a lot of research, coming up with a lot. They've been visiting Colorado, which in a way I'm like, that's really cool. But in a way I'm like, are they getting high on our freaking tax dollars and they're not sharing with us? I think that's what's happening. It's kind of pissing me off a little bit, but it... Uh, what pisses me off more is that, like, they legalized medical a long time ago, but medical's not readily available. You can't even get... You have to have, like, one of, like, five diseases to get it. Right. And you got to go through a whole process to get... Like, it's really... And there's, like, what, four dispensaries in the whole state? Yeah. While it's legal, quote, quote unquote, legal, it's mm-hmm. really not available to people, you know, that really need it. I'm not even talking about trying to do, like, a fake little, ooh, I have a little anxiety or something. No, these are people that really need it. Yeah, um, because we're a big pharmaceutical state. I mean, I can't goddamn sleep. I need some weed. That's right. I seriously, do. No, they're like, no, no. We'll give you uh, one of the things by Pfizer or one. <laughs> yeah, here's some Ambien. Here's they're some in of this. Yeah, yeah. have some. Uh, take some of these pills and get hooked to f- forever and have side effects and then take this pill. Exactly. And take this pill for that side effect. But they won't tell you that. They won't tell you that's the reason. So. Yep. They just made a big bust, and uh, I told Brian about it today. I saw it on the news. Uh, West Orange. I don't know how many pounds of marijuana they Was got. Was it but... West or East? Oh, sorry, East Orange. Yeah, it was. Um, West... Maybe it was West Orange. No, it was East Orange. <laughs> Wasn't Whitney from West Orange? I believe she was from East Orange. Oh, East Orange, right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, from East Orange, they uh, got a ton of weed. Record. So I'm sure they're, oh, we're stopping drugs. We're stopping the gateway drug. Yeah. that's you. you, you there's a lot of other shit you could have done other than work on that case way to be a hero yeah uh talk about like shootings in newark maybe you should work on that she was born in newark whitney no no i'm saying just maybe they should work on the shootings in newark and keeping those down versus trying to get weed out of east orange give people more weed they'll be all more chilled out that's what i'm saying go after pcp (laughs) nobody yeah hey the new york city right pcp so horrible pcp Yeah. yeah that's fucked up a lot of PCP, banned PCP stores. Lately. Yeah. So that wraps up the Gondola for the week. All right, next up. We're on to a little ski news. All right. Oh, a ski news going on. So uh, along with ski news, we have, we're going uh, over to the Central Andes Resorts of Chile. So two feet of snow hit there. Um, and they're talking significant... Uh, a significant dumping, uh, more snow uh, than the May seven seven eight storm. So I guess you know seven eight they had they had snow and they thought it was really big. This they dumped like two feet, which was you know blew that away. So um, low pressure moves out. They're seeing storm totals pushing two feet. Portilla, Arpo, Valle Navarro, uh, Valle Nevado, and uh, La Parva and El Colorado. So the border crossing just above Portillo has been closed for two days. Um, and they're reporting close to 30 inches uh, at the post. So really good. If you can get out there, um, make a trip out there, uh, that's um, – I'll be pretty good. Yeah, they're saying they usually open in, you know, the first couple weeks in June. But they're saying if, you know, if, if they get another storm like this or if it can just, you know, stay cold, they might be opening them up in the next couple weeks. 
Yeah, the next week or so, actually. And they got dumped on last year, too. They got pounded. Yeah, they had a great year last year, too. So um, definitely have to, you know, pack the passport, go call a travel agent, or just book some flights and book a tour. Just go. Head on down. I know through, uh, I was looking last year, I think it's Ebo.com has a, uh, a bunch of tours that they have. They had the Hut to Hut tour, seven-day Hut to Hut, um, other tours, backcountry, kind of nice. Yeah, they, Evo.com, they always send out emails usually in uh, March, I think March or so, starting to get you know people interested in these South American trips. So now they if might I had, love some uh, space available. If we had Bernie Madoff money, we'd be going there on a private jet right now. Oh, Same. God, we so would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were just talking about Bernie Madoff before with that new HBO documentary. I guess the movie, you know, with Robert De Niro playing yeah. Madoff. And uh, yeah. you just saw it. I didn't see it, yet, oh but it looked God, pretty good. It's crazy how much more money, more problems, dude. That's really what that the movie comes down to. You no, know it kills me though. His name made off. He, he made off. It was so. Oh, it's just crazy. They were just showing the clips, like all the uh, late night show jokes based yeah. on that. You know. Yeah. But it's like just ironic and like just what are the chances of him having a name like that? Like and just it's like, oh, this is Brian. Take your fucking money. Oh, nice <laughs> to meet you. I'm gonna be managing your money now. What's your name? <laughs> Brian, take your fucking money. <laughs> oh, oh it's a, it's a fan, you know, it's an old Austrian name. Who's managing your money? Take your fucking money. Take oh, your that's fucking great. money, yeah. That's great. He, he's a good manager. For Nobody the money. saw that coming. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you saw that coming. Crazy. Oh man. Next up, another Jersey story. And uh, I want to give a thanks to our pal Cameron who sent this in to us. So Mountain Creek, the the resort that we throw so many jokes about all throughout ski season. I used to live right there. <laughs> files for bankruptcy. Now, Mountain Creek is a it's a small little resort. It's probably the best one in New Jersey. and It's like the closest to the city, It's the right? closest to New York City, so it's only about, what, an hour and a half, probably. Yeah. And for us here, it's like... 45 minutes? It's not far at all. Yeah, 40 minutes. But they are, It's for some reason, they're just in a, a tough spot. And, you know, with the, I don't know if it's the climate change or what's going on, but the last year or two, they've had just a horrible year. And they are now, so they're a ski season, a ski resort in the wintertime. And they also have a water park in the summertime. And they have now uh, filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection. Uh, they're saying that... This would enable them to restructure their debt while maintaining daily operations, including the opening of the water park next month. And of course, the CEO, you know, attributes the bankruptcy filing to legacy debt that we inherited from the former property's owners, which is what they always say. They always yeah. want to blame somebody else. There's a long history of, of that place. So it used to be Vernon. So it used to be Action Park. Which was, I think, Brian, you were telling me that... There's like a Johnny Knoxville movie coming out about, kind of like based on Action Park. Yeah. Class Action Park, they <laughs> called it. Actionable it, Park. It really is like Class Action Park. Like, they, there was like the wave pool that everybody used to commonly term. Like, even when you were going up there, like, oh, you're going to go to the grave pool? Like, yeah. people would die in there, like, all the time. It wasn't even like every season. It was like every week. It was it's pretty, pretty Alpine up. slide. <laughs> people would fly off. Like, Ugh. you'd see people, like, just rug burns like on their whole body it's like oh you want an alpine side so like, yeah it was great yeah it's just like all it's messed like, up i fractured my collarbone it was great yeah <laughs> god damn it was pretty horrible but like they always ran into bankruptcy 
And I think they actually, so Action Park was actually a separate company, and Vernon Valley Great Gorge was like the ski area. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of winter, summer, and then Mountain Creek came and they bought everything. Um, and there was just, like, I used to live up there, and when I was up there, the the big, old, crappy, dilapidated, the lodge, quote-unquote, burnt down mysteriously. Yeah, and then they put up all this other stuff, and now they built like a they had brand those new tents lodge. there, right? Like those, you know, semi-permanent tents, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and then they were building the new lodge, and of course they had the big rat. The union guys were protesting. Oh, <laughs> it was just a shit show. Like it's always been a shit show. There's always been something going on. Well, they were trying to make they were building this big, beautiful hotel and condos, and trying to make it a destination. Yeah, and they're like, so who is gonna go and make like who's gonna do a family ski trip to friggin' Mountain Creek? Yeah. Like, why would you bother? Why like, would you stay overnight? You're only 45 minutes away. You know, even if you live away. in the city, are you going to go an hour and 45 minutes there, or are you going to go? You mean you, in three hours you're in Vermont, or you're in Hunter? A lot of people go to Hunter. Hunter, you know, yeah, and they go for the day and they come back. They're not mm-hmm. staying overnight usually. Yeah, there's there's um, no reason to stay overnight at that place. But historically, it goes back. I mean, it goes back to so Hugh Hefner built uh, what's now Crystal Springs. Used to be the Playboy Club. Right, and he was speculating that they were going to, and there was a lot of speculation all over the state that not just for Atlantic City they were going to open up Legalized gambling, gambling right? everywhere. Mm-hmm. So they built it up, and I remember like my parents used to go up, like they had a uh, uh, with them and a bunch of people, they had a place up in Barry Lakes, which is near there, part of a state park mm-hmm. in there, and they used to go up and they used to go to the Playboy Club, and they had the bunnies and all that stuff. It was kind of it was cool, it was catchy, it was and classy. They, and they did that for like four or five years, and then the government wouldn't budge on what was going on, so they all backed out. Everybody backed out, and now it's like a luxury, like golf and like they have a really cool indoor water park, like yes. the pools and um, there's four go, golf courses there. Yeah, so like they built up like golf and like big wine like industry up there and restaurants, like so it's really fancy and nice to go up in the summer, mm-hmm. but in the winter. You know, you're not staying overnight usually. You're going for the day. So yeah. it's kind of... Uh, it's not quite far enough away. I just think it's funny. So they, they listed in this in this uh, article that the biggest creditor is Vernon Township Municipal Utilities Authority for the potential future use of the sewer system. So I guess they're using a ton of water, water sewer, runoff, mm-hmm. and they got to manage it. So I don't know that whole place just up there. Just mix it all together. Oh, I used some feces in the old water slide. <laughs> Help lube that thing up, right? It, there was always feces in the water slide. That's yeah. that's how it was. Um, <laughs> so you go faster. But when I moved to Jersey, I lived up there. Lived right up on the mountain, mm-hmm. and uh, of course, I was I didn't have the money to ski, so I just kind of worked my ass off like six, seven days a week, and drove like a million miles. Where did that get you? But got me, actually, got me better places because I hated so much. I did something else. There so, you go. Um, but yeah, so I remember being up there, and it's like that whole place. If if that goes under, it's going to hurt the whole area a lot. Mm-hmm. But they're saying is you know their vision is to become a world class Four Seasons resort in New Jersey, and they're saying that this bankruptcy filing will not result in any job losses. Okay. So so they still keep operating. They're going to keep operating, but they're just going to restructuring the old their debt. credit. Yeah, mm-hmm. and again. You know, if they do have a great winter, it could, you know, you're going to get a lot of, you'll, you'll, they'll get money and they'll get, you know, back in, in the right direction. But again, it all depends on how is the snow going to be? Are, is there going to be snow? Because, you know, we know we have some friends who, b- whose kids belong to the ski clubs or, you know, the 
they do the ski outings every week. Yeah. And, you know, they bust, they bust thousands of kids up there during the week. It'll make money. I think what they have to do is do an indoor water park like they've done with, uh, like Camel, like Camel Beach and, um, Jay Peak. Jay Peak. Like, the, like mm-hmm. they're all doing the indoor water park. So they have the summer outdoor water park and they're doing the mountain biking. But I think in the winter, like if you want people to stay over, like you got the indoor water park, the kids are playing there, and then they ski in the day. So it's yeah. kind of, I think they're missing out on that. But um, there's a lot of other stuff around there that it's kind of nice. I mean, they're they're pretty close to a bunch of wineries up there. Uh, Brotherhood, uh, four, four, was it Brotherhood, Four Sisters, Warwick Winery is up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Warwick, New York is really cool. It's a nice, quaint little town. Yeah, good, um, good wine up there. So there's stuff to do around there, but um, I, I think, you know, they'll get there. Mm-hmm. I think Intrawest bought them. For a while. Right. And uh, the speculation was they were going to dump a whole bunch of money in there, and they did dump a bunch of money, but it was like they needed to do different stuff with it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, that's when they're building that that big hotel and everything there, which didn't really pan out. Yeah, it's kind of a lot of misses. (laughs) Yeah. It's actually HSK-MC, which owns it now. Huh. The golf courses up there are pretty good, though. Yeah. Like all around that area, like good golfing. So, yep. Who knows? All right. So, next up, we have uh, Powder Magazine reported that uh, another collegiate program got saved. So, University of New Mexico, they were going to try to cut the ski team. And um, they actually, so it was a 47 year old program. They were going to cut it in mid April. Um, they announced they were going to eliminate, uh, which was, they had a men's and women's alpine and Nordic skiing. Um, so I guess, you know, hit Facebook and, and a lot of social media and the students, you know, were like, well, you know, we're missing out on a lot here. So I guess New Mexico, there's, there's a good, I mean, Taos, right, is New Mexico and yeah. a few other ski areas out there. Um, but, uh... They said they were going to actually cut it and save about $600,000 per year, which, wow, just to run a ski program. You don't think it's that much, but it's, it's a lot. Um, but they um, – so they, they signed a big petition, and they're saying they're going to save it. So uh, it's pretty interesting that this is going on. This was There was another one last year that same thing happened where they're, they're trying to cut it, but uh, – yeah, they were they were saying in here they got over ten thousand Facebook petitions to you know to help keep the the team alive. Yeah. It's really impressive that they were able to to make this happen because yeah, like you were mentioning, they're trying to just cut budgets everywhere, and well, I tell you what, make it work, which is great. I was supposed to go to a school, and I actually went to the school, and I was going to play baseball, and uh, they lost their program the year I went. So mm-hmm. I was a product of the same kind of shit that happened. And I didn't play collegiate sports. at. Well, I didn't play collegiate after that. I played travel and stuff like that. But, yeah, it's kind of – that stuff will happen. I mean, you, you got to think athletes are committed to it, and they are ready to go. They could go other places, and then all of a sudden they lose their program and their ass out, you know? Yeah. Yeah, they were saying that the University of New Mexico ski team has 17 individual NCAA championship titles and was the first team in UNM's history to win the overall NCAA team title in 2004. Another 13 times, the team finished with the top four at the NCAA skiing championship, making it the single most successful athletic program in UNM's history. 
Nice. So you're trying to get rid of your most successful program. What the hell is Lobo's football doing? Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. What are you winning? Like the freaking uh, checksmix.com bowl? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> hey, if you go to a bowl, it's big. It's big. Huge. Huge. Hashtag winning. So nice job. University of New Mexico. What you got to do? You got to band together. Save it. All right. And last up in ski news this week, we've been talking about this the whole issue that's been revolving around Bears Ears National Park and the whole you know everything that's been tied into it and you know the whole outdoor retailer how it's you know they're ready to boycott and leave Utah because of the politicians who are you know trying to you know not keep Bears Ears they're trying to have it removed as a national park so there right now is a website, monumentsforall.org, and they have a petition that you can sign up for. And this, you pledge your support for Bears Ears to keep it as a, a public monument. And you can go to that website and you can enter your name, become part of the petition, and help to protect this public land because... You know, this land is made for all of us. And to see politicians thinking they can just sign a paper and be like, oh, yeah, we're going to start, you know, drilling and digging into this and we're going to sell it to, to fucking Exxon. You know, that's that's not what this country's all about. Yeah. So we got to do everything that we can to, you know, keep these parks and keep them alive for us. Because, you know, if they take this one away, what's the next one they're going to take away? And how many ski areas do we know of that are on national park land that, you know what? Hey, Telluride, fuck you. You know what? You're now you're now property of, of BP. Oh. You know, we're gonna start drilling on there. We need more zinc. Let's go drill into Telluride. You know, it's 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 crazy. It sounds crazy, but it's possible. Could if you set a precedent that you can do that, then they're gonna do it. Yeah. So you know, I used to be such a freaking like right wing Republican kind of dude. And I see myself just becoming such a freaking hippie the last ever since I've gotten into skiing, I've become so much more of a hippie. It's kind of crazy, but I think there's got to be a balance. Like you know, what you gotta like the problem is there's not a shortage of like oil right now. There's kind of a surplus, and we're using less mm-hmm. of it. So there's not a, really a need. Like just leave it. Like we can leave it till we really need it. When you look at right? the United States, look how much land is occupied by nothing. You know, go go drill somewhere in like North Dakota where no one really cares. You know, or South Dakota. Actually, they are. They're doing a fracking. They're out doing there, so they? much out there. Yeah. Are they doing like fracking and stuff? And that's like pretty horrible too for the environment. And it's destroying the water supplies out there too. It's a whole thing with the whole fracking thing. I don't know. Yeah, we don't have the answers here. We're stupid. We're just a bunch of ski bums. It's a whole. Process. But you know, it, it, it's uh, yeah. It seems like big business is always kind of screwing over nature. When you look at when you look at any of these stories, you the know whole, it's well the whole problem with the oil industry. It's like they've been pushing it oil. Like, hey, let's use oil because we don't. We have oil. Let's just use it. Like, mm-hmm. but now we're getting into alternate forms of energy, and it's like, hey, you know what? We're getting less dependent on it. Well, yeah, we could keep getting less dependent on it. We don't have to just keep going back to oil. Well, that's know? part of the whole thing why people are so pissed about Trump is because you know, like him or or hate him, you know, Obama at least did push for alternate energy. You know, giving tax credits to you know alternate energy companies and trying to build those up in this country making trying to make the u.s a leader in these in these new new energy companies and now trump comes in and is like oh no we're gonna spend money on coal you know it's just it, it 
it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any financial sense. It doesn't make any environmental sense. It doesn't make any logical sense. So, yeah. you know, when something like that happens, you really have to, you know, question someone's leadership when they're doing something that just does not make sense to anybody, except a few friends of yours that probably own coal companies. That's really what it is. I just question the mentality of, like, what research has been done to say this is the way we should go? You know what I mean? Like, I don't think much has been... It's been more positioning than saying, oh, this is, this is the best way for us to go. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I know Elon Musk did a presentation a couple of years ago where he was saying, you know, when he, I think it was when they were unveiling the Powerwall, the Tesla Powerwall, which is if you have solar panels, one of the big issues has always been, you know, in this daytime, you have all of your energy. But then when you're home at night, it's dark, the sun's down, you don't have that energy anymore. The Powerwall was a relatively inexpensive way to store that energy from your solar panels and use it whenever else, you know, at night when you need it. Big battery, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And he was showing a picture of how much, you know, how efficient that solar panels have become now. If they blanketed, I think it was, they were showing a, a map and it was maybe like a chunk of Arizona and New Mexico. And it was a pretty small portion of those states. He's like, if we solar paneled these entire areas, we would have enough energy to power the country. Now, again, I don't know how accurate that was. I don't know how true it was. But you got to think that, you know, using solar panels in areas that get a lot of direct sun, that it could really save a significant amount of energy and make it a viable source versus using something like oil or coal or nuclear yeah i actually saw so i was talking to one of the guys i work with um about this just last week because his son was doing um he was doing the uh the solar car race this week so the uh gary his son was doing the um i guess you make a little it's like a little toy car Mm -hmm. and you you make it all solar and they race them and stuff like that so it's kind of cool like it's a very very big thing and they they're like doing this whole big challenge but um, I was telling him about I saw something like years ago, and it's called Bloom Energy. Mm-hmm. And what it is is basically they made these. Um, they have this technique to make these um, cubes. They're like boxes um, where they actually use like natural products to coat these um, these pads, and basically create a chemical reaction, creates energy. Right, it kind of it's almost like a battery that recharges and then disperses the energy. Mm-hmm. Google has them, uh, Amazon has them. Like they have them for their big data centers, and they started out as just like a small company, uh, you know, with this idea. And they really haven't blown up like really big, but they're worth like over a billion dollars is what the company valuation is. And they went public, but they like they never made a big splash because they haven't like industrialized it. But I remember watching, I think it was on like a Dateline or 2020, and they have on YouTube the uh, the uh, interview with the, I guess, founder. And he was saying, he's like, one of these boxes can power your entire house, and you wouldn't have to draw power from, you'd be self-sufficient. So if everybody wow. bought one of these, you could have your own power for your own house. And that's kind of what Elon Musk is talking about. Like, you could have your own power. Like, now they're talking about the solar panels, you know, with the... Uh, you know, the ruse, the solar ruse, mm-hmm. being so efficient now that if you can power your own house, you don't need to draw from the grid. Yeah. You can almost put put stuff back into the grid. If, if you go away, like, especially if you're like a snowbird, if you have those solar, solar panels up, they're generating power 
even while you're not there, you're not using anything. Your house is shut down. Yeah, you can keep, you know, or even if you, uh, yeah, you, you don't, say your ski house, you know, you're not there in the summertime, but you could keep your solar panels on there and use like a nest and run your air conditioning to keep the place at least, you know, yeah. 80 degrees or so. And contribute everything else to the grid. Yeah. So whoever else is using power, now you're contributing. There's no brownouts anymore. Or you save it up in your power wall and you power your grow room. There you go. So as soon as you get over there in like <laughs> November or so, you got a shit ton of weed waiting for you. Have a sprinkler system, you know? Have exactly. some sort of Oh, that would be a whole like a whole nother wing of Tesla where they have like uh, automated grow rooms to go along with your power wall and your solar roof. Well, I'm just saying one of the ways that the authorities usually catch people growing is the power Energy, draw. yep. Mm-hmm. So now if you have solar power, you're not yep. drawing that much. It looks just like your normal, average Joe just hanging out and, I don't know, just saying. Yeah. But anyway, so that, that cube technology. It's really like, green energy, man. <laughs> that's right. But, you know, it's the idea that, like, you know, so, I mean, why, you know, why wouldn't we be able to generate more power, you know, I mean, just by, by nature and stuff. So, I don't know. Yeah. So I just found the video of Elon Musk, and it was from December of 2015. Okay. And they called it the Blue Square, and it's the top of Texas. Is that the Panhandle? No, that's Oklahoma. No, the top. So it's, it, it covers... Yeah, it's like a square on the top. Well, it covers... The, the Oklahoma goes across the top of Texas. So it's Oklahoma and the top of Texas. Now, I don't know what's there in those places. I'm sure it's something that's shitty, whatever's there. But it's it's that part. It's a small part of it. And they said that he said that part was all that the US would need to be carbon free if they covered that with solar panels. Oh wow. And another article that I found from the UCL Energy Institute blog tested his assumption, you know, his um, theory about that. And they did a quick fact check. I'm not going to go into the calculations because I'm way too stupid to understand it. But they're talking about the megawatt hours versus the area versus the uh, PV yield. And they said the conclusion was it's actually reasonable. Like what he said does check out, which is pretty unbelievable. Because even if, say, you didn't put them all over that particular square, you put them on roofs or in empty fields or on top of big box buildings yeah you can make that up pretty quickly it seems like well the must the the whole idea behind um what's the uh the energy company but um solar city, solar city. Mm-hmm. so they're advertising that like they have um these they lease their panels right and they're talking about like lifetime warranty on a roof mm-hmm. that looks like a beautiful roof that generates power for you well that's the new tesla roof because they kind of got rid of the name solar city right and now it's just the tesla brand which you think about it like that's actually what people wanted in the first place and then they came out with these clunky crazy ass panels that you put on top of the roof and they like, were so inefficient too at first right so now they're getting high efficiency they're even i and think they look awesome the new ones they they look like a nice roof mm-hmm. and you know what? why shouldn't it be like it's it's the same reason why you shouldn't have like a growing field on top of a building in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. That's what they're doing now. They're like, we have a flat roof. Yeah, you could put plants and seeds and like grow shit up there. Like, why wouldn't you? They yeah. have these rooftop gardens now in the city in these big, you know, high rises. So, and you're gonna see more and more of that. We talked about that before too. There was you it know, makes sense. A lot know? of these supermarkets now too, big box, you know, stores that also have a like a Walmart that has like a you know has the grocery part. 
they're starting to grow produce on the top two and then selling it at the store. Because yeah. why wouldn't you? You know, you're just wasting all that space up top there. It's crazy. But those roofs, the Tesla roofs, they just took pre-orders. I think they, we talked about they it in the last nice. podcast. They look really nice. Yeah. So I'm buying a, a house very, very soon next week. And I'm thinking, all right, in five years, if I need a new roof, I'm going to freaking get a Tesla roof. Well, if you look at what you spend on a roof, you're going to spend average house. Let's say you got a, a 2,000 square foot house. You're probably going to spend 20 grand on a new roof. Yeah. Right? Now, if you have to spend 50, and that's for probably like a 20 to 25 year warranty, right? Now, if they say you get a lifetime warranty, one time shot, and you got to spend 50 grand, it's worth it. Well, they're saying too that these roofs aren't going to really cost more than a regular one. Right. That's the most unbelievable thing. But it's going to generate power, it's going to offset stuff. Yeah. But it's not even going to cost more than a regular roof. They're saying. Yeah. And what they were talking about, too, is that not every tile that they use are going to have solar panels in them. Mm. It's based on your consumption needs. So say if on average they said about it's be 35 to 40 percent of the tile are actually going to have solar panels. You go 80 percent all the time. Go big, baby. You generate more power than you need. I want all, I'm going to put an addition on my house to get more friggin' panels Boom. on there. So I can get more power. Because you're going to want that extra TV. You're going to want that extra charger. I mean, I'm you just want saying. that grow room. Hey, and eventually you put them back into the uh, into the grid. I'm not, start, pu- I'm not giving nothing back to the grid. I'm oh, taking, no, you start making money. I'm not giving nothing back to the start, grid. Actually, you know, the messed up part is, depending on the state, some states, if you contribute back to the grid, you don't get money back. Isn't that messed up? That's They're actually really fighting in court now. Cause, they should. Yeah, it's, it's fucked, fucked up. up. So you're giving the power company money, uh, like power that they're selling to I somebody I would just else. leave my blender on all day long. I'd be like, fuck you. I'm shutting it off. I'm cutting off the power. Yeah. That's it. Embargo on, man. <laughs> Fuck them. Yeah. yeah, that's so scummy. So that was a bit of a tangent we went on there. Oh, uh, we're we're that a, was a good one. We're the a, we're the people of tangents. That's true. Dude, you're gonna get a solar roof. That'd be great. Solar Dude, city, solar roof, and a, a Tesla. Tesla roof. Tesla roof and a Tesla car, and a package Tesla. deal. You need them both. You get a package deal. You don't get one out the other. You know that'd be awesome. Can you imagine if they order, order uh, offered a package deal? We'll that's, what like, gonna, that's what they're going to do. They have to. 30% off a Tesla, you buy a roof. Why would you not get? Why would you not have a Tesla if you got the roof? Just saying. You know? And if you want to go to then Mars. Because your car, your car is, is going to be fueled with your roof. And you get a trip to Mars for half price. I don't want to go to Mars. Boom. You can go to Mars. Well, I don't want to go. You can send people to Mars. People you don't like, just send them to Mars. Oh, now you're talking. Now you're just picking them out. Like, I want to send this person. Hey, you want a trip to Mars. See you. Out of here. Gone. Now just saying. Now it's we're like, talking. It's like half of New York City I'd send. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're talking. See, I don't want to get rid I don't want to like hurt people. I just want to send them to like another planet. To another cool. planet, yeah. I mean, that's why I'm upset that we haven't populated the moon. There'd be a lot of people that I don't like up at the moon right now. Mm. To the moon, Alice. Yeah. To the moon. <laughs> to the moon, Jersey. See? He had it right. He had it right back then. <laughs> he had a plan. <laughs> he had a plan. Well, man before his time. All right. Well, that wraps up the old ski news for the week. And now, sounds like it's time for finally rolling into the main topic. Finally rolling in. And Mario, what are we calling it this week? Uh, this week we are calling it May this vi- May the Vice Be With You. Yes. Um, so because it's May and because uh we're all about vices today. Mm-hmm. So we got our vice box, we got our uh, you know, Rob Vices is sounds like a, a pretty cool thing. And uh, we did a box, an uncrate on uh, Instagram, right? 
I did not post that yet. Ooh. But I will post it with the podcast. So just so you guys know, it's coming. A little teaser. He might be posting it like even before we're done with the podcast. You never know. You Stuff never happens. Know. Stuff happens. Stay on top of this. But we did a little video of like uncreating our box. Um, so it came this week. And uh, it was a very cool concept. Uh, it's our first box that we got from Rob Vices. And uh, they gave us a little shout out when we were posting that we're going to do the podcast. But um, it's kind of cool. Like, so I talked to somebody about, um, well, so number one, like Brian hooked me up with uh, Vices, you know, Rob Vices. And that's why we, we even started looking at, like, he, he saw the magazine a long time ago when he was growing up. And it yeah, always has so some cool it was shit based on Rob Report. That was their magazine, yeah. right? Yeah. So back in the day, I remember I used to have some some like yuppie friends and their parents, you know, used to have like my one friend, he is dad had like this really dope Mercedes convertible back in the 80s. Mm. And he is the first person I knew who had a car phone. And, Damn. you know, he'd be like, oh, hey, I'm calling you from the car phone. And I love I'm that. Like, they were like oh field phones with like the big cord and shit. I love that. Yeah. Too. And he was like, he was the kid, too, who was the first one who had a ceramic baseball bat. Ooh. We were like, whoa, ceramic bat. That's, That's so great. cool. Sure, it's not going to break when we hit something with it? Dude, he had like all the, like, the best toys, like, the coolest stuff. That's awesome. And of course, his father went bankrupt, and he ended up being a heroin kid back in, in high school. So Oof. yeah, you know what? That shit when, is, you know, when you're nine is awesome, but then you, know, you find out dad's a complete scumbag. And so besides that. So besides <laughs> that, crazy <laughs> tangent, right? So... He would bring in these magazines like to school, and it was Rob Report, and nice. it was you know pretty much a almost like a high end one ad. You know, they had like really fancy cars and watches and properties for sale. It's like baller version of Crutchfield, right? Or no, like, like the one ad. Or... No, it's like well, it was, you know what? It wasn't all new stuff. Some of it was new, but a lot of it was like used. Oh, okay. You know, but yeah, like properties and jewelry and oh, cars. Nice. And it was always like a, like it was always like almost like a dream magazine for nice. a kid. So you see all this really really cool stuff, all this weird kind of exercise things they'd have, like just you know all high end stuff. So as a kid, you know you you check it out. And then you get older and you know, you roll into the store. You're like, oh, well, cool, Rob Report. And you thumb through it a bit, and that's cool. Yeah. So then now, of course, you know they have a, a cool website, and I subscribe to their their newsletter, and they always talk about. Oh, this is the new like two billion dollar yacht that's just been oh, released. Oh, they get some nice yeah. shit on there. I tell you, they it's, have really it's awesome. cool stuff. Yeah. So now you subscribe to this Vice box delivery. So this is almost like right. if you do like a was like Birch Box. I know was one of the things they have like you know Trunk Club. Like there's all these like that's like the new thing. The last couple of years is yeah. you subscribe, you pay whatever, and you get like a, every month you get a collection of you know themed items. The camping box that my nephew was all jazzed about. The camping about. box was really cool. There's a box for everything, and yeah. it's a cool concept. So now it's not just – it's kind of the idea of beer of the month or jam of the month or whatever, Like, but you're getting like this cool mix of like quote-unquote curated stuff that somebody's taking time to look at what type of – like I actually – somebody sent me um, information about another box mm-hmm. where you actually put in all the stuff you're interested in and they send you a customized box every year, every uh, month, which is pretty nice. neat too. Um, but this is more it, so it's curated according to Rob Vice's and you know uh, Rob Report and like having like you know the new cutting edge like samples of like cool stuff and like you know cool products. So um, yeah, we signed up and it's like now we're getting this box like every month. I, I kind of like it. So. <laughs> 
we unpacked the box. This month it was uh, really focused on getting it to summer, uh, which is why there's a lot of rosé wine. It's kind of like the, um, the uh, what do we call it from Brothers? Uh, the wine, wine. Uh, oh, the Catalina wine mixer. It's like the Catalina. Brothers, yeah. It's like the Catalina wine mixer going <laughs> on here. Uh, so there was uh, rosé wine. Uh, we had the drop wine. We had the um, the other wine, the rosé. Uh, there was a uh, voucher for this uh, really cool. Um, I think it's an it's an oyster farm in Massachusetts, I think, or Maine. Um, and you can you have a voucher for like twenty uh, oysters that they'll send you. So they actually that's what they do is they grow them and then they send them out. Uh, but they don't just grow them; they actually collect them. Like I actually saw the video online, and they're like they collect and then they like send out. Like they they do a whole bunch of shipping. So um, they send you these fresh oysters, which are really supposedly delicious so mm-hmm. i'm actually going to use that voucher um one of the cool products that they have is the tempore by Swari home and it's a four in one it's a bottle chiller a filter a pour and a wine stopper so it's this long mm-hmm. thing that you you put into your wine bottle and it pours it really nice it filters it in case you have any cork in there it's like the perfect thing so it has a chiller that you can take off and like interchange with other chillers um and the idea is that if you're sitting outside you want to keep your wine at the perfect temperature you know 50 56 degrees or something like that for red wine and a little chillier for for white or whatever um but yeah so that was one of the cool things they had some nougat in there from uh uh dana Dana? nougat company confectioners or dana confectioners dana confection company um the oysters were a real oyster cult. Pretty cool name, too. <laughs> um, we had the wines. And then the other one was Vaca Valiente, which is a really... You go to the site, and they have... It's it's Spanish. Very Spanish company. Everything, the whole thing is in Spanish. Uh, but they make these really cool things out of leather. And that was the leather holder, and the um, there's a uh, leather wine holder, too, which is pretty cool. They make, like, if you go on their site, they have all this, like, really cool stuff made out of leather. Like, stuff you didn't think they would make out of leather. Like, that's pretty neat. Like a wine holster. Wine holster. Bowls. They're bowls made out of leather. Really? I'm like, that's pretty neat. Hmm. Like, little figurines, like, all sorts of stuff. Nice. Very artistically done. Um, but, yeah, I think it's a cool concept. Figure I'd try it for a few months and see, you know. Yeah, that was some good stuff in there. But yeah, we had the wine that was delicious, and yeah, we're finishing up the nougat here. Very good. The The best part of it is you're excited when it comes. It's like, oh, my God, the cane. I got to see what, what's going on. Yeah, know? right. And it's kind of cool. Like, So I got it, and I'm like, I'm not going to touch it. I'm going to wait for Brian to come in. And I, <laughs> I chilled all the wine. I was like, all right. And then I put it back in. So when he came in, I was like, all right, let's open it up. Let's uncrate it. It's all, <laughs> it's all chilled down, so we're ready to go. So it was pretty fun. Yeah, it was good stuff. And like you said, you know, now, now after – you know, opening this up and checking it out and, and trying all the different things. I'm already psyched for the next one to come. Yeah, and you know, you don't know what they're gonna, what theme they're gonna go with. Uh, it's kind of cool. Yeah. They actually have on the website like some of the past themes that they went through. So it's kind of nice. You can watch the video and they tell you what's in the box this month. So yeah, the I previous think. one didn't have like headphones. Yeah, it was and a stand up speaker. Yeah, they they said it was uh, inspired by Hudson Yards or something like that, which mm-hmm. uh, was pretty cool. 
like the little cool video. But uh, yeah, very cool stuff. I like that. That's the new thing. So it used to be like just ordering stuff online. Now it's kind of like there's a big movement into these these boxes. Like just well, send it's me curation. Something. You know, like you have right. someone who actually puts together a package and thinks about it and has a theme and things that work together. Yeah. So it's it's nice. Yeah. It's usually you know there's some and it's crazy how many different kinds of of boxes that they have now. I was just looking on and there's a a company called the Chill Bud. And they have all these different, you know, weed themed boxes every month. They nice. have like the four twenty goodie box, the daily high club, the can of bake box. That's awesome. So, yeah. Yeah, I was talking to somebody and they said um they have a girlfriend. It was a girl that she has a, a a friend of hers that she gets this box of uh in style clothes. Mm-hmm. And she gives them their size and all that stuff. She gets it. She keeps what she wants and then returns the rest. That's like Trunk Club kind of, yeah. I think it's like Trunk Club. Mm-hmm. And um, she says it's great because she, she always has these cute little outfits and, like, you know, cool stuff. And it's, like, all trendy. And it's like, hey, you don't even have to go shopping. They're just sending you stuff that's, like, the trendy stuff. You know, like, kind of, you know, the Rob Vice's thing is, like, all the cool stuff, the ballish stuff that's in style right now. So it's kind of, yeah, I like it. It's good stuff, yeah. So we're looking forward to the next box. All right. Yeah, so great job, guys, at, at Rob. You guys are awesome. You do good work. And we'll have pictures and videos and the rest of the information on all the products in the show notes at skibompodcast.com. It is now time for Under the Ropes. It's time to get it on. Right. All right. So now, first off, got a nice little highfalutin story here to start things off this week. So the Basquia piece sells for a record-breaking $110 million. What? So the uh, the artist Jean-Michel Basquia, uh, he is now the most has now sold the most expensive painting at Sotheby's. Uh, originally, it was Edvard Munch's The Scream, but uh, this new piece called Untitled was sold for $110.5 million at Sotheby's. Hmm. It took only 10 minutes for Japanese art collector Yazakua Maza- Mazawa to buy Untitled. He just wanted a picture next to that goddamn thing. Well, he said, when I first encountered this painting, I was struck with so much excitement and gratitude for my love of art, Hmm. he said in a statement. I want to share that experience with as many people as possible. That's Which is kind of a a nice sentiment and, you know, a very positive thing. I actually like the piece. I like the colors and the the form of it. It is actually pretty cool, Yeah. It's, it's kind of like Picasso-ish, but it's kind of like it's cool. Yeah, it's it's very unique. It's you know modern artish. Yeah. Um. So it actually broke three records: the highest sale for an American artist, the highest sale for an African American artist, mm-hmm. and the first work created after 1980 to break the 100 million dollar mark. Oh wow! Yeah. Huh. So this same art collector, he also purchased Basquiat's previously highest selling piece. Which is untitled 1982 for 57.3 million of May of last year. Damn. So this dude is just throwing around hundreds of millions of dollars for art. He won't give up. F. Who is this guy? He's like Batman. He's a, a Japanese Batman. Yeah, possibly. I don't know. 
So, so Basquiat, when did, is he still around or has he passed away? He died of a heroin overdose in the 80s. Ooh. So he yeah. painted this and then just like, boom, I did heroin and died. Like, Pretty much. Damn. No, he was kind of like a, a, a funky enigma. And they said, you know, he played in a noise rock band. He was in a Blondie music video. Cool. He even dated Madonna. So he was just kind of like a very enigmatic artistic figure in New York in the 80s. So here's the sad thing. That's This is what I was looking for. He would now be 56. Yeah. Picasso lived into like, what, he was 80-something when he died? Something like that, He was old. Like, he was ripe old age, and he enjoyed it, supposedly. But Oh, yeah. Sucks when you die early. Yeah, Basquiat died in 87. Or, uh, no, 88 of a heroin overdose. Wow. Sucks. Yeah, the 80s were, took a lot of artists, right? Didn't Herring die, like, around that time, too? Who's that? Keith Haring? I don't know. Probably. The 80s, like, yeah. Yeah, just a lot of heroin and AIDS and all yep. kinds of miserable crap happened in the 80s. Damn. Yeah. But, but some fine art that somebody's buying later on for $110 million. Yeah, right. I don't book, know who, book. I don't know who owned that before. You know, if it was a museum or what, but... Well, it's funny. They compare it to... Um, Edward Monk, and I know it was probably The Scream, right? Now, The Scream yeah. has been stolen like two or three times. Huh. Like It's been stolen a bunch of times. So there's like speculation and, and like call them like, you know, urban legends or whatever that what is out <laughs> there for Edward Monk is maybe a counterfeit. You know what I mean? And somebody has it like in their, you know, their basement mansion, you know, of their mansion that like this is the real like piece of art. Pretty yeah. crazy. I mean, art counterfeit is is huge too. So. Yeah. So this dude who dropped that hundred and eleven million dollars in the paintings, he is a rock musician, an online fashion mogul, an art collector. A rock musician. What what has he played? Do we yeah. know any of his stuff? I doubt it. See, if you're rich, you could say you're an art, uh, a rock musician and play in a band. Just. Whatever, you know. Yeah. Out in the club, I'm playing in the band. <laughs> yeah, he created some brand switch style huh. uh, with BMG Japan. He released three albums with them before stepping away to focus on his business. Uh, he moved online and is selling clothing. Hmm. A fashion arm became so successful that he spun it off as Zozo Town. Which Vogue describes the e-commerce fashion giant as a cross between Net a Porter and Amazon. Wow, he's a billionaire who shuns suits and encourages everyone at his company to have fun. Is he hiring? Yeah, that's what I, I mean. want to dress like a slob and have fun too. That'd be great. That's what I'm doing right now. That's that's right. He could buy our ski co- uh, our ski bum podcast. We are truly artistic here, and we would be happy. To sell out for a few hundred million dollars, that we would. I think this is worth about one hundred five million. The 100, podcast. 100, well, each. we would settle for about a hundred. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and I uh, or payment of that piece of art, right? We'll trade you. Yeah. Trade, even trade, fair trade. I like it. All right, cool. Wow, that was interesting. Um, next up, we have so still being a little highfalutin, Starbucks is testing coffee ice as a new way to add a jolt to your latte. I like this. This is this is a long time coming. I said this when they first started with the uh, the iced coffees. Um, now they're talking about using uh, coffee ice cubes in the iced coffee. 
So now it's going to be coffee melting into coffee. That sounds genius. Perfect. It sounds so meta. What they should have too, as another option, is frozen milk cubes that you could put in the coffee too. Well, I don't know. Do you, would you actually want the frozen milk cube? Because you kind of want the milk to distribute throughout the entire coffee right away. I like it to be a surprise. It gets milkier as you keep drinking it. Mm. So I'm saying maybe put like one milk cube or two milk cubes and then coffee cubes. Mm. And then you can get a little sexy with it. You know, remember the, uh, so they have that stoke that you add in at like the, uh, the uh, whatchamacallit, the, uh, the quick mart, the, um, Quick Jack has a uh, stoke. You ever see that? Oh, what is that? It's like three times the caffeine in like a little coffee shot that you add to your coffee. Oh, really? It's pretty fucked up. There's actually warnings on it, like Jeez. not to take more than one of those a day or something like that. It's pretty messed up. They could do those in the cubes too. Like you want espresso? Like we'll give you an espresso cube. I like seeing Starbucks trying weird stuff like this. I mean, it's not really weird. It's actually pretty... Makes it, a lot of sense. It's a smart idea. I don't know why they didn't do it before. Yeah, well, they're, I mean, they're doing like that, that terrible unicorn, unicorn frappuccino, but at least they're trying different stuff. You know, they're trying different. They're not kind of resting on their laurels and doing the same things they always do. Dude, did. that unicorn frappuccino was fucking huge. It was huge and it was gross and it was ridiculous. It but was, did you ever have one? No. I didn't have one either, but my friend uh, John said his daughter, who I don't know, she's like, whatever, 12 or 13. Like, why would you give a kid... It's like a milkshake, like a flat milkshake in with coffee. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, right, pretty much. He said there's like a touch of coffee, and it's just all like sugar and cream and whatever. Yeah, it's all syrup. A lot of it is was all the syrup they put in there. Yeah. But it's cool because you can add the uh, those coffee ice cubes to anything. So if you wanted, you know, like a cold espresso drink, they'll blend in those ice cubes too. So you can get, a, I mean... Yeah. You're going to get a really strong, powerful drink if you, you know, have those caffeinated cubes in there. Well, then it's just frozen coffee. It's just, it's really iced coffee. Because yeah. usually, like, um, what I'm thinking, when when I used to think of iced coffee, like in Italy, I think it's um, espresso that they ice down. Mm-hmm. So then it, it's coffee-like, you know what I mean? But I don't know if they actually take coffee or they take strong coffee and then they put ice to it. So it's kind of... Well, some good coffee shops, they'll do like an iced Americano. Okay. Well, they'll actually, yeah. I mean, a lot of times, though, what they do is they just make espresso, and then they just throw it over ice. Right. Which, you know, it's good, but, you know, if you actually have the espresso cubes. Yeah. With, I mean, that might actually like, may blow your heart up, too. Well, coffee with coffee cubes, that's perfect, because you're yeah. just keeping it all coffee just in a cold form, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, I mean, I like the cold brew. I like making it myself, too. So, you, you know, you take, you grind up your coffee, and I have one of those little pitchers where it has the infuser in there. So the infuser screws into the lid and the lid screws into the main pitcher and you fill it with the grinds, put in water, shake it up, put it in the fridge, but you put it in for like 24 hours. Yeah. So it, it takes a lot. a lot of time and absorbs a lot of the caffeine. Do you use more coffee? Yeah. It takes more coffee to do it that way, hmm. but you, it's really heavily caffeinated. So that's what I'm really wondering. Tasty. Like, I used to work in a Dell and they used to do the the iced coffee mm-hmm. and basically you get the coffee and just chuck it in the like make regular coffee and then put it in the fridge. Yeah. And it's kinda you're just cooling it down. And then <laughs> you cool it down and then you put some ice on it. I kinda like when the ice melts a little though. It yeah. kinda smooths it out as you go. Yeah, if you have too much coffee with coffee, it's gonna 
You're going to get the the shakes probably. I think they put maybe put a little bit of each, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. and then you have your milk cubes. I'm 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 the milk cube man. You know, the more I think about the milk cube thing, the more I'm starting to like it. Yeah. Or maybe like you do like a third, a third, a third, coffee, exactly. regular ice and milk. Right. You get like bigger cubes that are like coffee and then milk. And you just took like one one milk. So it's like a little solar system. And like two of those. And then you could tell them, look, uh, one milk cube and two coffee cubes. You go, I want one Jupiter milk cube and a <laughs> Mars and Earth coffee cubes. Awesome. Right? Or I want a unicorn cube. Boom. You could do the unicorn cube. And you got it changing color in your coffee. Yeah. Not a bad idea. It's a possibility. Opens up a lot of... Like a could, Pop Rocks. Espresso cube. Pop Rocks cube. Pop Rocks cube. You start shaking up. It's like... Oh, there you go. See, now what we're thinking. It's getting fizzy. Fizzy fizz. All right. <laughs> All right so, so that's going to... It's going to it's gonna blow up. I like it. I'm yeah. in. I like it, too. So we were talking about Tesla before, somehow. We got like a little bit of a rant there, but I think it started all off with the uh, bear's ears and well the environment and how, yeah, we're trying to, you know, keep the wintertime cold so we can keep having snow so we can keep skiing and we can keep podcasting. Exactly. This was a study from some Belgian scientists who were able to turn polluted air into hydrogen fuel. They have a tiny device which uses two quote-unquote rooms separated by a membrane to purify air and then generate power simultaneously. This is from the University of Antwerp in Belgium, and they've developed a device that cleans up the air and generates power at the same time. It relies on a process called heterogeneous photocatalysis, catalysis, which uses light and a special catalyst, typically a semiconductor, to trigger a chemical reaction. Nice. This goes through some pretty, well relatively complicated-ish science, but he uses a solar cell to produce hydrogen in a similar manager to electrolysis water splitting. And like I said, it has these two rooms separated by a membrane, which isolates the two processes. The air is purified on one side, and while hydrogen is generated on the other side. Now, this is the first time where it's been, where both have been done, because usually it's either your extracting the hydrogen from the water or you're trying to remove the pollutant. So this hmm. actually does both of them. Oh, the hydrogen cool. can be easily stored and then used later as fuel. And so it, it really sounds like a, a like a brilliant, you know, magical machine. And, you know, they are saying that they only, it only handles a few square centimeters right now and removes only a, a certain amount of carbon emissions. But, it is possible that this technology and this process could be translated and scaled up to, you know, larger devices. Ramp it up. Which would be unbelievable because, again, that's, you know, how if we can get carbon out of the air and turn it into fuel. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. You know, just the process in general. If you have crap in the air, somehow you can convert it into power. Yeah. Well, that, that's the whole fuel cell technologies. I guess they used to do it, but they do the one part is what you would put in the car. And then your your emissions would be like water and air or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. But you wouldn't do the both sides of the. It was kind of like they would store the, the hydrogen, and that would be the fuel cell that went in. Now you're saying that it's a process that does both at one time. Yeah, pretty cool. And actually, I kind of screwed that part up. So what actually happened? So I, you know, what they're saying is that now, um, it's possible, you know, to pull water out of the air. 
which is, you know, we've always known that. But they're saying now that it's possible and even more efficient with polluted air. Oh, wow. So that's the big, that's kind of one of the big discoveries with this. So pollution for good. It's actually better because it creates more energy that they can pull out. So you think there's ever going to be a point in time where they're like, we need more pollution because we can't pull the efficiently the energy out of the air? It's possible. <laughs> the government is going to give 60%, you know, uh, cost breaks on like new Dodge Challengers. There you go. Challenger Hellcats, 60% off. And people are going to be fighting for bears ears because they're like, you know, we need to drill because we need to pollute more. Exactly. <laughs> That's like something from Rick and Morty. Have you watched that show yet? I've only watched the first episode, yeah. Oh, it's hilarious. I'm I'm on the third series and they, they just put one episode out like three weeks ago uh-huh. and there's nothing new come out. So I don't know if they stopped it or I just haven't seen it. I don't know. Uh-oh. I was freaking out, man. <laughs> freaking out. So, that sounds like something from Rick and Morty, though. All right. Um, so next up, we got Pirates, Pirate, Pirates of the Caribbean Five, <laughs> and demand a Bitcoin ransom from Disney. That is awesome. So <laughs> hackers claim to have stolen Pirates of the Caribbean film, uh, which is Pirates of the Caribbean Five, and uh, they say to either pay the ransom or else they're going to release it online. And they're saying there's no proof that the hackers actually took the movie. But um, a few a few weeks ago, Orange is the New Black, hackers actually, because Netflix didn't play a ransom, they actually released it online, which I didn't know. That's pretty pretty effed up. Yeah, they don't mess. I think it was only the first few episodes, though. They don't, yeah. I don't think they had the whole series. That's still messed up. It is. Um, so now they're denarming, uh, they're demanding an enormous amount of money according to deadline and are asking to be paid in Bitcoin, which would make it much harder to trace. So they're the, they're saying the hackers, um, would release increasingly long chunks of the movie if their demand isn't met. So I guess they'd release a big chunk and then another chunk and another chunk, like (laughs) as you know, to try to get the Bitcoin. So, uh, that's pretty messed up. So I guess we'll find out what happens. Um, you know, and you know, it's funny. This article is talking about other movies that were hacked and released, and I had no idea they were. They're saying Expendables three was leaked. Um, oh yeah, because so many people were demanding. Yes. <laughs> oh no, don't release Expendables three. I think they were trying to go right to video on that. Anyway. Who knows what's gonna, how it's going to turn out? <laughs> Did you see any of them? I didn't. See I haven't any seen any of them. No. Nah. You know, because I was really hoping when they when I first saw that movie was coming out, and you see it's like Stallone and yeah. Dolph Lundgren and Jason Statham and all you know all those guys, I was really hoping they would do some sort of weird movie where they actually played characters like some of their best characters. Oh, yeah. so like you know Stallone's playing Rambo and Statham's playing the Transporter and Dolph Lundgren's playing I don't know He Man or whoever the hell he played <laughs> the Punisher that. I'm sure there's some sort of like copyright bullshit. Drago, who's Drago? He could be Drago. He's running around with like boxing gloves and like punching shorts. People out. Yeah, punching people out with his. I was hoping they would do that because yeah. that would have been cool. But of course, there's like copyright crap, and you can't do that. And the studios are gonna need this much money. But yeah, I don't know. There's, I, I guess heard Expendables one was good. I still didn't see it, and then they came out with two, and I had no idea they came out with three. So I was surprised to see there's an Expendables three, and surprised to see that it got leaked. It's, it's going to be like the Fast and the Furious. There's going to be like 97 of these movies. No, no, no. Fast and Furious is a long... I'm telling you, when I die, they're, they're still going to be making 
Fast and Furious. Totally. Because there's always new cars. There's always new cool shit that people want to see. They're going to like, be like, oh, this is the kid of Vin Diesel and that other chick. You yeah. know, like, here's their kid, and he's going to have his friends. It's going to be like a whole new... It's gonna be like Fast and the Furious next generation kind of thing. He's going to be like... When he gets really old, he's going to be like the the old wise man that, that started this this little thing, like a group or something of like car riders or something. It's going to be crazy. It's going to yeah. keep going forever. And you know what? They freaking sell out. They make money like crazy. Hand over fist. They were like number one in the box office for like three weeks, weren't it's, they? It's incredible. And what mm-hmm. up to eight? Up to eight. Eight. Mm-hmm. That is, and each of those movies has made millions of dollars, man. It's crazy. Yeah. Tip of the iceberg. If, you, if you're on that, if you're like the, uh, whatever, the um, producer or whatever. Best boy. Best boy. You're rolling money right now. Gaffer. Crazy, the gaffer. You're still crushing it, yeah. Gaffer, you're like, <coughs> gaff. What does a gaffer do? I don't know. Is that the dude that holds, like, the, the boom he thing gaffs. over? He gaffs. Yeah. But now, you know, kind of uh, still keep it on the Bitcoin tip here. This, we're recording this on Monday the 23rd. This is actually Bitcoin Pizza Day. Bitcoin Pizza? So I don't know so how into Bitcoin you folks are, but seven years ago today, uh, there was a programmer named Laszlo... Hanny is. Hanna, I'm totally destroying his last name. And he spent $10,000 on two Papa John's pizzas. Because this was back in the day oh. when Bitcoin was still a young technology and you really couldn't do much with it. So he'd mined all these Bitcoins and he's like, hey, he's like, I will give someone 10,000 Bitcoin if they can bring me two, two pizzas. Way to go, dummy. I'm sure he's still probably holding some today. Yeah. Um, so they're saying now, so if you he's had... Like, I got Bitcoin all over, man. So he's, so right now, Bitcoin is nearing a record high of $2,200 yeah, just per saw. Bitcoin. So they're saying that pizza would have been worth $73 million right now. That's the most expensive pizza. Yeah. Uh, so how do you buy Bitcoin now? Well, there's several ways to buy Bitcoin. Uh, one of the easiest ways is using Coinbase.com, which you ties to your bank account or to a debit or credit card, and you can purchase it through them. There's also companies like Local Bitcoin, where you can actually interact with a real person that's oh, local I don't want to you. Interact itself. with anybody. Yeah. Well, the nice thing is it keeps you off the radar more. Does um, it? Yeah, because with Coinbase. Coinbase actually was subpoenaed by the IRS last uh, year because they're worried about money laundering and stuff. Yeah, you have to, you have to give them a, a bank account so you can have the money transferred Transfer. to your Coinbase account. Yeah. They're trying to be more of like a legit bank. They're actually they're actually a very legitimate company. I got out of money laundering, so it's probably okay for me. Yeah, you're probably good. You know, um, I do my money laundering in cash, like just in businesses, things like that. Yeah, yeah it's the smart way to go. Weed. You know. Also, Bitstamp is another company that you can buy from. Bitstamp. Yeah. So what do you do? You buy, let's say I go on Coinbase, I set up mm-hmm. an account, I buy, I transfer money from my uh, checking account, mm-hmm. goes and it buys me some Bitcoin. Yes. Now it sits at Coinbase? You could keep it there. Um, it's not recommended because that's that's when you hear about all these hacks. Right. It's, it's called a hot wallet. Um, and that allows, you know, if hackers do get in, they can, they can get the money that way. They so get the if Bitcoins I keep that it way. there, they're holding on to my money yes, it's in like a virtual wallet. True, yes. And they also have a thing called uh, a cold storage, which requires a 48-hour transfer period. Okay. So that technically is supposed to be held offline, so it can't be hacked. So and that's them holding it for me in an offline 
You yes, pay an extra and on, fee for a that. cold wallet, yeah. No, they don't charge you anything else. It's just something you can't have access to for 48 hours. If you wanted okay. to pull something out of it, like if you wanted to transfer them to a hot wallet, it would take 48 hours. So if you want to buy that thing on Amazon with Bitcoin, mm-hmm. I got to wait 48 hours to buy it? Yes. Damn it. There's actually better things. If you were, there's a company, oh crap, what is it called? Is it purse.io? That you can actually get 10% off your Amazon purchases if you purchase with Bitcoin. Oh, nice. Yeah, you purchase like gift cards at like a 10% discount. So if you don't want them to hold it for you, mm-hmm. what do you do? Well, there are several things you could do. You could run a, you could store them on your own computer, um, running a Bitcoin node, or you could use a, uh, a hardware wallet, which is like an offline device that you can use um, to store them. Like an external drive or thumb drive yeah. or something. Yeah, you can buy ones that are, that are specifically made for this, oh. for, for Bitcoin wallets, or you can you just use a regular thumb drive. Um, those are your best bets. Hmm. You can also use a paper wallet where you can memorize the the twelve or sixteen word pass the like code and have it in your head. Use a last pass for that. You could do that too. Use, Boom. Use last pass. Um, those are your best options. Wow. Or you can just keep it on your phone too. Like I keep a little bit of Bitcoin on my phone, so if I ever encounter anything that needs me to pay in Bitcoin, I can just. Show yep. them the, the QR code and be like, boop, and just so transfer it over. So that's stored on your phone then? Yes. Which, if something happens to my phone, I'm losing a hundred and something dollars in Bitcoin. Damn it. Yeah. But there's You're a way losing a hundred Bitcoins? No. no. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm losing a thousand no. Bitcoins. I got like $7 million on my phone with Bitcoins. <laughs> you know some somebody out there has probably got like... Right now it's $175 in Bitcoin on my phone. Boom. So... So like, you use the QR code, and you can just you can like you can scan a QR code, or you can set it up and have it people pay you um, using a QR your QR code with oh, nice. your Bitcoin address. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty cool stuff. See, the funniest thing is like the problem with Bitcoin is until you get it like to a point where you can explain it to like my mom, mm-hmm. people aren't going to use it. Well, that's and you know what? That's what they're always saying that this is Bitcoin is still kind of like like the 1994 internet timeline yeah you know where things are still a little confusing it's a pain to get online you can't right. really do everything you know, with it. trust you hear all these weird stories yeah yeah and fishing now is become crazy There's, yeah i get tons of phishing email all the time like even at work it's like i got one um probably about a month and a half ago that said um asking me for two bitcoin because they had information about me they were going to release and i was like i don't know what you're going to release i'm not married i don't really give a fuck what you got you, you had your I mean? camera Live when you were looking at <laughs> dick pics. I always when you're I looking at porn, right? Whenever I send dick pics, they're fake dicks. Mm. <laughs> Other dicks. So they're real dicks. They're just dick not standings. yours. Yeah, exactly. They're uh. standing dicks. They're stunt dicks. So did <laughs> So it's like Jin Yang's app on Silicon Valley. Hot dog or not hot dog. <laughs> exactly. Not hot dog. Not hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> so you get a nice preened like you know a stunt a stunt double stunt dick you guys have a stunt dick have a stunt dick never send your real dick yeah no it's just a, it's a no-no yeah well look at uh what's the name andrew weiner yeah. you know that guy's a, a case study and what not to do with your phone and your dick there's another one with the last name like madoff weiner like you, <laughs> you can't you can't write this stuff nope he was born with that name too that's messed up He's your main wiener man. Like, I can understand if he changed his name to wiener because he likes to send wiener pics, but that was his name. Yeah. It's messed up. Imagine his first name was Richard. <laughs> Dick Wiener. <laughs> Dick Wiener. Come on. It's Come just on. too easy. It's too easy. Too How easy. did you not suspect him for sending those pictures? Guilty. 
until proven innocent. That's right. <laughs> well, I guess that, that wraps up the old podcast for the week, eh? Bitcoin and stunt decks. Nice. Damn. So thank you guys so much for listening. You can check out all of our information at skibumpodcast.com. Send us an email, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on the socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all slash Podcast. Pinterest, we're the highfalutins. SoundCloud, we're the highfalutin dash skibums. And thank you guys so much. I'm not sure when we're going to be back on, but it could be probably another, probably two weeks. Based yeah, on how crazy, week and a half, right? Based how crazy on how my next week and a half is going to be. We'll see. We'll definitely be back soon. Stay high, stay polluting. See ya.